My name is Scott Chaloner and this is the Leaders Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a dark and dreary day here in the capital as Storm Barra continues to batter the UK. Um, but here to try and add a little bit of brightness to our day is Bamika Pamar, Director and Founder of BP Legal Solicitors in Leicester. Uh, Bamika, welcome and thank you for joining us on today's show. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's a real pleasure having you with us as well. Um, so um, you're, of course, um, a sort of director at a, a legal practice, your own legal practice established around about 10, 11 years ago now. Um, and just for those yeah. who are sort of unfamiliar with yourself and the practice, um, what sort of areas of law is it that you tend to specialise in? Okay, so yeah, I mean, I opened my practice in 2009 following um, 2008. Um, so we're a high street practice, so mm. predominantly um, we cover a lot of areas of law, uh, but my specialism is um, commercial and residential property. Um, and also we do um, we do family law and we do wills and probates as well um, as part of um, our practice. Yeah, very interesting. I can imagine that commercial property especially is something that's very much in the limelight at the moment, given what the COVID-19 pandemic over the last couple of years has sort of done to that industry. Um, before we sort of maybe talk about that in a little bit more um, detail from sort of your per- your sort of personal and professional perspective, um, I was wondering just how operationally the challenges of uh, the pandemic have actually affected your firm, because I can imagine that you've sort of had to adjust to new ways of working pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the scope of my firm has always been set up in a very modern tech um, way from the outset anyway. So when it uh, transpired that we would all be going down in lockdown, I mean, naturally, as business owners, we all seem to panic. Um, but then I sort of took it in another dimension and I thought, right, OK, look, all the staff have been set up. Um, that they can work remotely from the outset anyway. We all work pretty much in the cloud. Um, but the main thing for me was that as a, not just as a business owner, but as a solicitor, um, having to overlook the work of uh, more of the junior staff is how I would cope with, you know, not monitoring as such, but at least, you know, checking what they're doing and making sure that we are still you know, absolutely compliant and, and doing everything that's necessary so um, so we can work effectively. Um, in terms of, because we're based in Leicester City Centre and mm. um, the news came that we would have to um, close our businesses in Leicester. And um, so my first thing was, right, we just need to set everyone up in, the, in, in their own home. So we, we set about doing that. Um, and but also the other scope from from being from a business, but also from a, a legal perspective, was we were just wondering how are we going to cope without having our fax machines? How are we going to cope without having our our back staff, which is sort of our admin staff? Because unless they're at work and they're at the forefront of the reception area and handling the calls, um, we we were unsure of how we would, you know, where we would sit them as far as the business is concerned. But at the same time, we didn't want them to suffer and not have have anything to do. Mm. Um, so, so we had to sort of, you know, reorganise and shuffle a little bit of things so that all the staff were able to still um, actively work. Maybe not all the hours that they would have, you know, if we were at work, but 
we, we definitely try to assist them in some way or another so they would have something to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it did come as a bit of a shock mm. and we, we, we managed it with teams meeting and we managed it with, um, you know, um, uh, contacting each other, having a very open contact uh, with everyone and um, we kept in touch with the clients. We, we enlisted further assistance with outbound calls with an external company. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, still what my concern mainly was, yes, we're all working from home and everything, but how would it affect the well-being of the staff as well? Mm. Because in the legal world, you know, it's stressful as it is. And I thought working from home, having children at home, how are they going to cope in terms of that? So I just offered them a lot of flexibility in terms of, you know, what they did and what they didn't do because, you know, as a mother myself, I understood um, the pressures that they would be going through. And when you're sort of not seeing your staff face to face like that and you're managing them remotely, I suppose it can be hard to sort of keep an eye on whether morale is still in the right place and indeed whether sort of well-being is being maintained. It's just that little bit more difficult, isn't it? So it almost yeah. warrants a kind of change in leadership approach, doesn't it, in a way? Yeah, I mean, you know, from going from because, you know, I have a very open policy in, in my office where, you know, the staff are able to approach me at all times. Um, but it just took away the the sort of the meetings that we would generally have in the office, um, you know, just to talk about work, but other things as well. That that became difficult. And then what I found was that even though I said, you know, let's have a Teams meeting every Friday, let's say, um, I still felt that the staff needed a bit more. So what I then went on to doing was scheduling the staff you know, um, on a daily basis where I would contact them, not just about the work, but generally how are they getting on? Is there anything further that, you know, we as business owners can do for them? Um, do they need any help? If they've been unwell, what else can I do for them? Um, but, you know, as, as a business person, one thing we did find, well, well, I found was I was investing so much time in seeing how my staff were and how everything else was without thinking, as, you know, taking a step back and thinking, well, actually, I'm also a business worker, but I work mm. as a solicitor and I'm also a mother and I've got children. You know, I didn't think, I didn't take a step back to think, how am I feeling? Um, so again, you know, there's so many aspects that you have to look at, but, the, the, mm. but as a business owner, your main concern is your staff. It is exactly. And it does sort of leave you running the risk of sort of burnout yourself, doesn't it? And that's something that within our own organization, um, the Leaders Council, we've been looking at quite closely. And so when it comes to sort of safeguarding mental health, I suppose in some ways, um, although it can be difficult, especially when you're in that survival mode, you have got to kind of lead by example and be able to kind of take that step back when you need to as well. Yeah. Yeah. and, And this is it. So, you know, a couple of weeks in, this is what I started to realize. Well, well, hold on a minute. You know, even though I'm doing all of this for my staff, um, I do need to take a step back and think about myself. So um, what we did, we sort of um, organized a little group of business owners and solicitors, and we would um, communicate with each other once a week, um, just generally about how we're feeling, whether we can help each other. Is there something you know, that we can do for each other and just listening to each other. And I think that really helped actually because mm. we all knew what position we were in as business owners and solicitors and, and you know, the sacrifices that we having to make um, for the business. And, and I think because we thought of that, 
and put that together, that helped us because we could then talk about things that probably we couldn't with our staff. Yeah, absolutely. And um, as we record this podcast as well, um, I should um, inform the listeners tuning in that we're recording this on the 8th of December 2021. So it seems imminent as well that there is going to be a government order that working from home should return where possible. Um, and I think as that's potentially in the uh, the pipeline, Bumika, I do want to ask you another question about that. Uh, when mm. it comes to the homeworking side of things, um, obviously, of course, you've shifted all of your systems over virtually overnight. You've worked to make sure that well-being is in the right place. But how did it all sort of affect the productivity side of things? Did you find that that was well-maintained? We, uh, we were very fortunate. And mm. the reason I say this is that, one, we had a real loyal um, backing of clients um, we have great relationships with the local businesses um, where we were able to continue um, servicing um, their legal work. But also, um, you know, even though it made us very busy, we had stamp duty incentive, um, which, which naturally kept solicitors who um, practice in this area afloat and in, 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 in work, I would say, um, because that incentive that they gave um, maximize um, our productivity for sure um, and, and, and you know gave us all something to do I think perhaps if that stamp duty incentive wasn't there um, we may not have had um, you know that level of work mm. and while COVID is, is an immediate and present danger to life as well it's pretty obvious that work from home is going to be around in some way shape or form but having talked about sort of how well those flexible working patterns have worked for you even when hopefully in future the virus is actually gone as a danger to life, can you see those sort of flexible working arrangements um, being retained within your business and that staying for the long run? In my business, um, I've always given flexibility. uh, And one of the things that I've always um, had at the forefront of my firm is that I am a strong believer in in, in parents being able to um, be active in their child's life so far as any school activities, any sports day. Um, my staff have the time off for those things because I always think it's so important um, that they don't miss those sort of milestones in their children's life. So we've mm. always had that flexibility. You know, when I opened my business, there was such, there were core values that I wanted to instill in my business, which maybe other businesses couldn't. And that was one of the things that I've always offered that parents should absolutely be able to, you know, attend um, school activities. And so my staff have always had that flexibility. In terms of working from home, yep, some of my staff are still, you know, working from home, um, you know, where, where they where they feel that they need to. So sometimes they will just say, look, we've got a lot on and we feel like if we work from home, we'll probably get the work done more and that's fine. I don't have an issue with my staff um, working from home. I think because we've lined our base Staff, you know, that take care of um, the the clients. In so far as you know, if they come to the office or the calls and everything, we've got that pretty much lined up mm. um, successfully, uh, so that staff and fee earners can have the ability of working from home. And and I still promote it. I mean, you know, where they want to work from home, I'm not adverse to it. I think I think actually it works out quite well in terms of you know it gives them. Um, that bit of extra flexibility, but also um, I find that when they are working from home, maybe once a week or so, or so that productivity is great as well. 
Yeah, so. certainly. Mm. And it's very interesting, isn't it? Because um, the government actually has recently finished a consultation process on making the right to request a flexible working arrangement from your employer a right to have. So that's something that's going to be very interesting to keep an eye on and just see what is going to Mm. sort of come at that from a legal perspective. But also, I think when it just comes to you know, looking at the talent pool that's out there and people that are going and applying for certain roles now, the demands that they're sort of bringing forward to their prospective employers are starting to change. They're a lot more interested in culture, whether flexible working is in place, whether well-being is at the forefront of the agenda. And I suppose that if you as an employer don't have those considerations very much at the forefront of what you're doing you're not going to sort of tap into that resource of talent that's out there so if businesses don't move with the times like it seems yourselves have then they're ultimately going to suffer in the long run it's something that leaders should be very very aware of yeah absolutely i think i think the 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 issue a lot of um, businesses have is trust um and i think trust works in a two-way thing a two-way stream anyway to be honest with you because you know, a lot of people, a lot of businesses that I've heard will say, well, I don't trust them to work from home um, because they may well not. They may they may well just be watching the TV and not working. But my answer to that is that, you know, trust works both ways. And if you show them that, you know, you are giving them that extra olive branch to work from home and you are in contact with them and they are showing you what they've done by the end of the month, you know, in that product, productivity at the end of the month then that in itself should be able to you know align for you whether this will work for you or not mm. um and and yes you know you have to you have to move with the times because you know that that this is all the modern modern way of working now isn't it really so um yeah but, uh, businesses will have to move with that i mean there's certain businesses that obviously you can't work from home for certain reasons um and 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 the business doesn't allow it to um, you know, where you may have machinery or you may have um, certain things that you need to work with. But certainly in, in, in the legal profession, I, mm. from what I can vouch from, that there's no reason why um, working from home is not an option. Yeah, exactly. And obviously you work in commercial property as well. And I suppose a phenomenon that we are seeing um, in some quarters of that industry is that some businesses are going fully remote and actually jettisoning their office premises. So it is going to be interesting, isn't it, to see what comes of that over the next few months and indeed years, I suppose. I mean, especially in London, um, from speaking to relatives in London, um, where they used to work in, you know, travel to central London to work. um, Those those um, relatives of mine are now fully working from home because the offices or, you know, the premises were, were too expensive for the business. And actually they found um, that when they're working from home, there's more productivity, but also they're, they're saving a lot as well, aren't they, in terms mm. of their, their um, outgoing. So it works. It works for a lot of businesses. And I suspect if they give that extra, um, you know, bit of... Um, uh, uh, money towards uh, them working from home in terms of obviously the, the people that work from home are going to be using their own electricity and all the rest of it. If that if that is uh, looked after, um, then in the long run, I think a lot of businesses can actually um, be far more successful. Probably mm. doing com- people working from home. 
Yeah, exactly, because they can recruit sort of more widely, can't they? Cast that net that little bit further. But also as well, people mm-hmm. are obviously thinking a lot about their cash reserves, given obviously the effect that the pandemic has had. And um, lastly, yeah. um, Amika, as well, as we sort of look to what the future might bring, and hopefully, barring any new super strain of COVID, we can leave the pandemic behind sooner rather than later. Um, it'd be interesting yeah. to understand what your sort of priorities and goals are at BP Legal for the next 12 months. And by this time in 2022, what is it that you'd really like to have achieved if anything um so my my um goals for for the next sort of 12 months are continuing to you know support the staff we are really um active in promoting um the new generation to come and work with with us we open our doors to you know mentoring students we um offer a lot of work experience we want to continue to do that and we hope we can continue to do that because, you know, um, it, it's, a, it's a real tough world out there. Um, in terms of business, again, you know, we, we are making connections with new businesses all the time. Mm. Um, we want to continue in the same dynamic that we are working towards. Um, and I guess, you know, we've learned a lot over the last 12 months of how mm. we should be working. And still, you know, I want to continue promoting um, uh, well-being and um, just giving staff some more opportunities. There's so much opportunities that you know before when we were working so much from the office, you sort of you get blinded by what else you can provide your staff or what else you can do as a business. But when you know we've had that whole time of working from home mm. through the pandemic, you start thinking about other things. You know what else can I give them? What else can I do? What else can I promote in my business that it makes it um more um attractive i guess in a way mm. um but yeah i mean so far as you know just continuing to work i mean again you know we've had to learn so much over the 12 months it's not just about staff having to work from home but also you know in terms of contracts and wet signatures and how we're going to digitize ourselves and you know how we're going to work so that the, the 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 documents are going to be compliant, and how are we going to work with land registry? How are we going to work with the lenders? You know, it's not just us; they've had to have a whole new um, way of thinking as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just more becoming more aware of you know how further we can we can um, improve things at BP Legal in terms of you know having more digitized things, how we can work more effectively with our clients in terms of. Um, electronically I mean we've put a lot of things in but there's still you know we have so much more to go yeah absolutely that digital revolution is going to be fascinating moving forward and also as well that um, idea of upskilling and inspiring and educating that next generation it's something that here at the leaders council we're incredibly passionate about as well Um, yeah yeah, Bamika I've got to say I mean it's been a real real pleasure welcoming you onto the show and it's a shame we um, don't have more time because I could literally discuss this with you all day Um, but hopefully at some point in this next year or so we might even catch up on the show again when all being well we'll be talking about how we've managed to get through the pandemic decisively and maybe even how you've executed some of those big ambitions successfully. Amazing. That sounds great.
Thank you so much for having me on. Been a pleasure. Thanks again. And I hope uh, yourself and everyone tuning in um, enjoyed today's interview and do all have a very Merry Christmas and enjoy the upcoming holidays. Yeah, yourself as well. I hope you have a lovely break and uh, Merry Christmas. And I should also add to anyone listening in as well that if you do feel, of course, that you have your own story of success and of innovation to share with us here at the Leaders' Council, then why don't you apply to be on the show via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Um, Until next time, all do take care and goodbye.